0: My biggest lesson and that made the whole shift for me was when I realized that I have everything I need for free on the internet today to start building my own career this very second.
1: Welcome to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast with Brie Noble. Hey, this is Brie Noble. Thanks for listening to the Female Entrepreneur Musician Podcast, where we help you learn to make great music, how to connect with your audience, and how to grow your business. And this episode is no exception. In fact, this is a very real-world lesson from somebody who's been out in the world making music for six years completely on her own. So I can't wait for you guys to hear her story. And I'm not going to take too long out of the beginning of this podcast. I just want to remind you to go to iTunes and give us a review, a written review, and leave your name so we can read your review and announce that you have won the One Month of Female Musician Academy. We'll draw one person out of all the reviews that we get for the month, and you may be it. So go to iTunes and do that right now. And it's been a few weeks since I mentioned our free resource. So I want to remind you that you can go to femusician.com. That's for femaleentrepreneurmusician.com. You can grab our free resource, 19 Proven Sources of Income That You Probably Haven't Considered for Your Music Business. I really think this document is going to help you in locating some areas of income that you haven't explored. And now to my interview with Charlotte Erickson, also known as The Glass Child. Here's some information about her. The Glass Child is the girl who left everything she had and knew to pursue a life in music. At 18 years old, she left her home in Sweden, moved to London, and started to pave her way. Since then, she started her own publishing and distribution company, Broken Glass Records, and released five EPs and two full-length albums, two books, toured all over Europe and the UK, and had her single I Will Lead You Home reach number two on the Swedish iTunes charts. You'll learn so much more about her in the interview, so I don't want to give that away, but here's my interview with The Glass Child. So that's some information about Charlotte Erickson, also known as The Glass Child. So Charlotte, is there anything you want to tell us about you that's a little more personal, maybe, that's not in your bio? Um.
0: Well, I guess something that kind of it really represents who i am and even my music i guess is that i am a, a big minimalist i can fit everything i own into one suitcase and a guitar case and uh,
1: yeah that's how i'm trying to live <laughs> that's really useful for touring it definitely is yeah <laughs> wow well how did you get started in music well i guess my
0: my real kind of music career started when I moved to London when I was 18 years old. Uh, I moved from Sweden to London to um, go after my, my dream as a musician. I didn't, I hadn't played any music in Sweden a lot. I've been writing a lot, but I didn't um, record anything, hadn't released anything, and I didn't really know anything about the industry, so to speak. Uh, but I just moved there and I started to to pay my way and uh, just try to meet as many people as possible. And uh, yeah, the 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 move to London started everything I think because that's when I learned and I uh, decided to record my first EP and everything really went from there.
1: So where did the name The Glass Child come from? Did you start out with that or did that develop over time? Yeah, The Glass Child comes from when I was younger. Um
0: it's it stands for a lot uh, for me personally and I think it also reflects uh, my music a lot. Um so it comes from when I was younger. I was a very A guarded and uh, kind of shy kid and people always told me that it was as if I was living behind some kind of glass that everyone could um, always see me but never really reach me like never really get to know me because I think I was very um, just protected of myself so um, that yeah they, they said that it was like I lived behind glass and that always kind of stuck with me so uh, that's actually what my my first song was about when I was like 15 years old, and it was called the Glass Child. And um, yeah, the, the whole kind of symbolism has always been with me, and I keep keep kind of play with
1: with the uh, the meaning behind it in my songs even now. So yeah, that's how it grew. I really like that, and that that makes a lot of sense. And did you start out with your very first album being called the Glass Child? Yeah, As so the artist.
0: Exactly. So I could I didn't I didn't really know what I wanted it to be first. Um so my first EP was called Charlotte Eriksson The Glass Child. Um and after that I decided to just release music under The Glass Child. Um but I always had that it with me somehow in the songs and there was a song on my first EP that had The Glass Child in the choruses and stuff. So um
1: yeah, I guess it kind of grew around there. Hmm. Well, I like that because that definitely makes you unique. Yeah, I hope so. (laughs) (laughs) So at this point, do you consider yourself a full-time musician or are you supplementing your income in some way um, to keep your music career going?
0: No, I am a full-time musician and uh, almost a a double full-time musician, I guess. Um, That's the only thing I do. And it's been everything I've been doing since I moved to London. So Uh, And how long have you been a full-time musician? Um, Oh, let's count. I was London when I was 18, and now I'm 24, so um, six Six years years. around, yeah. I
1: never really had a job, so I I moved to London (laughs) after high school, so... That's awesome. So we have a lot of struggling musicians that listen to this show. They're trying to figure out how to make a career in music and how to make a living. Is there a time, you know, maybe back when you started, that you were really frustrated. You feel like you were hitting a wall and you maybe were even thinking about quitting and how did you push through that and what did you learn from it?
0: Yeah, I think um, it's easy for me even now, I think for every, everyone to feel like you need to wait around for someone to kind of help you along the way, especially in the beginning. I remember when I first moved to London, I didn't know what it, what it would mean to record an EP or kind of build a fan base or, you know, set up a website and all these things. So I just tried to meet people and I thought that somewhere along the way someone would help me make all these things happen. And so I guess my biggest lesson and that made the whole shift for me was when I realized that I have everything I need for free on the internet today to start building my own career this very second. You can, you know, you can write your own songs, you can record your own songs, you can learn all these things completely for free on the internet. And you can just start to make things happen for yourself. And I think um, if you start to kind of build your own ladder and slowly but, you know, safely build a little, little tribe of people who like your music, if you just keep doing that year after year, day after day, someone will take notice. And if you do that, the right people will take notice too. So, um for all the struggling musicians and what I need to remind myself every single day too is to just keep building for yourself and don't wait around for things to happen because you can make stuff
1: happen yourself today. Absolutely, I completely agree with that. Yeah. Was there a particular event or influence that was critical in getting you to where you are today? Um yeah, uh, except for that shift
0: that that made me realize that I can do stuff myself. I think personally I spent Um, first one year in London just learning and then I came to a point where I didn't really make any money of my music yet and I just could not like imagine myself taking a day job and and waste my time that I wanted to spend on music so I took my guitar case and my suitcase and I spent a year kind of homeless on the road in England and just crashed on my friends and fans' floors and uh, played everywhere I, I was welcomed. And that year really taught me to uh, use every second to to build what I was trying to build and just not give up. Um, and that year always, it, it really changed the way I kind of see music because um, I was just forced to kind of use it as a way to survive. So yeah, that, that year totally shifted everything for me. And uh, luckily after almost a little more than a year, I could afford my own little flat. And yeah, that's when it started to kind of become a a proper lifestyle of it.
1: (laughs) That takes a lot of guts as a 19 year old to just go out with your suitcase and your guitar. Yeah, and like you don't even know if you're
0: gonna have a place to stay. Yeah, definitely, it was scary, and I was, I, I there was so many nights where I just wanted to give up and go home to mom and just like, mm. oh, please take me in again. But um, I think when you do something like that, I mean, it doesn't have to be spend a whole year homeless. It's just when you kind of do something that you don't think you can do, or when you really, really force yourself to do something uh, kind of out of your comfort zone. When you survive that, you kind of feel like, oh, wow, I can actually. I can survive anything. And that makes it so much easier to kind of be an independent artist too, because I know that if I would have a really bad month with maybe no income, I can survive that because I've done it before. And that makes me so much more kind of fearless in in what I'm trying to do, I think.
1: That is great advice. Oh my gosh. I hope everyone here is listening because that (laughs) is such good advice. Now, did you have a mentor at all as you were progressing through your career that helped you kind of figure out your direction?
0: I've never really had like a specific person that I talk to personally, uh, but I've always been, you know, learning from everyone. I have, I'm reading a lot in every kind of area. I listen to podcasts like this one, and there are so many great like podcasts and books and blogs, and you can just learn so much on the Internet. Um So I guess I didn't have, like, a a person, but just learning from
1: from everyone. So the internet was your mentor, yeah. Definitely, yeah. There
0: really is so much out there. Yeah, it's so great. And, you know, you can learn, I think, especially as as an independent artist, it's so important to learn in, like, all kinds of areas, not just, you know, musicianship, but marketing and e-commerce and business development and branding. And it's important to know as much as possible about everything. And you can learn everything on the
1: internet. Yeah, you definitely can. What do you believe makes you unique as an artist and how do you capitalize on that? I think um, it's always so hard to kind of see that in myself, but. um, I know I ask almost everybody this question and they have a really hard time answering it because they're like, you can't really, it's hard to say something about yourself. It definitely is, but I think it's it's also important to kind of think about it. But I think that um, my, just my story,
0: the way that I have, Try to pave my my way um because my music is very personal. I'm writing about my own life and my journey, and so I think that my stories are always the core in my music, and I guess that's uh, what kind of makes it unique because I have you know uh, the story about how I try to go after my dream. But then I also think that i I produce and record my music myself, and I have a i would I would like to think that I have a kind of a new, unique production sound. Yeah. I don't know. It's
1: always hard to kind of see my own music in that way. (laughs) No, that, that was a good stab at it. Good. (laughs) So I would love to hear about your crowdfunding campaign because I know that this is going to be so beneficial to everybody listening here. You had an extremely successful campaign. I think you said that you hit a 249% of your goal. Yeah. Yeah. It was amazing. So what did you do, you know, to make that happen? was there anything you did that was out of the ordinary that you think helped you really smack that goal?
0: Yeah. um, Well, first of all, I I think it's really important because crowdfunding campaigns, they are still very new, I think. And um, even though there are some very successful artists like Amanda Palmer and these people who are doing these amazing crowdfundings, um, I think it's, it's still a very kind of sensible subject. So it's, Important for people to realize that you need to be ready to do it. You might not be ready to do it yet because you need to. I built my tribe and my my following for five years before I asked them for money. Um, in the beginning, I gave away my music for free for three years um, before I even put anything up for sale. And I think these things are so important because you know you you need to show people that you're trustworthy. If people are gonna put in money. Uh, into a product they need to be a hundred percent sure this product will be something that they will like um so that's the first make sure that you're ready to do it because the worst thing you can do is to put up something and then just it goes completely fail um so be ready but also i think um what i did or what if i could do it again uh, i would make this even more important that be completely ready when it comes to the rewards because it's so much work um Mm. i i put i i thought (laughs) that i was ready i had like a quite loose content schedule of like posts i wanted to post during these 40 days that i ran it and um i put up these um different pledges like uh unique t-shirts and you know different packages and then i hit the launch button and within four hours I had reached 100 percent um which I I had never ever imagined wow and first I was oh my god this is amazing but then I sat back and I'm like oh my god I actually have to create this album now I actually have to create (laughs) these t-shirts and I actually have to do all these things now I just I just panicked so much so if I could do it again I would be more ready with all these things and kind of you know Think about the fact that if it succeeds, then I need to fulfill all these things because I hadn't even started to record my album yet. Mm.
1: Yeah. So these were Do you think you o- you think you offered many, like too many rewards? Do you think you would scale that back?
0: No, I don't think so. I, I was thinking about that a lot actually, because I think you can go two different ways. Either you have just a few ones so that it's easier for people to choose, or you have a lot of different rewards so that you know, it's kind of a bit more fun to kind of pick and choose because everything is more unique then. Um, but I wanted to kind of have a big scale. I wanted to have some with uh, very small pledges. I think the smallest one was five pounds or something, um British pounds. And then the l- largest one was, I think, 1,000 pounds or something. Um, and people were, you know, there are younger people who only have – a little bit of income who can only do the lowest one, but they want to support you. And then there are some people who have a really good income and they, they really want to support you. So I think give people opportunity to kind of pledge whatever they can in any way they can, uh, because you will have all kinds of fans.
1: Yeah. Oh, that's great. It can, be, it can be a fan gathering exercise as well. Definitely. Yeah. So what was it like writing your first book? I mean, you've done so much. I can't even believe you've only been doing this for six years. You, you wrote this book and, you know, what was the process like? What gave you the idea to do it? And, you know, what do you think made it so successful?
0: Yeah, so my book came about, um, <laughs> I, I have always been writing, not, I never wanted to kind of be an author in that way. I never dreamed about that. Um, but I've always been writing journals and just kind of small notes to myself, I guess, um, c- to kind of you know as a way to get my head out of the songwriting just to kind of get my heart out I guess and um, so I've always been journaling and during this year that I spent homeless in England um, I wrote a lot and I read a lot and I just kind of when you spend so much time with yourself in your own head you have so many thoughts that you just need to get out in some way so I just wrote journal after journal after journal and um, somewhere along the line I started to post these writings on my tumblr um just as kind of small small daily thoughts and um yeah I started to pick up a bit of a following of these writings and and a lot of people started to enjoy it and um, I started to think that wow I'm seeing all these amazing things here this year and I'm learning so much and I'm on this kind of journey the way I see it so it just feels like such a shame to not share it with people so um I kind of threw it out on my social media sites and said, hey, if I try to create some kind of little book about my journey, would anyone be interested in reading? And uh, I got some, some really encouraging feedback on it and I started to write it. And I it was amazing because it was really inspirational for me because i had to throw myself into the publishing industry and learn Mm. about book marketing learn about how to publish a book and editing and cover design and i had no
1: idea about these things um (laughs) so yeah i just learned a lot and it was so much fun and um, i might call you up i'm working on a book right now so oh that's exciting yeah it's it can be overwhelming it's definitely overwhelming and it's like I think um, in it's
0: easy when you kind of know a lot about one area, like music marketing, to think that oh, but I'll just transfer everything into the book marketing. But then you kind of stumble upon all these things, like oh, what is CreateSpace or what is this, and why should I have this? And it's 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 basically like entering a new world. It's it's a lot. Should I do?
1: should I do Kindle Select or not select? You know, there's just so many things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's an endless ocean, but it's fun too. It's definitely fun. Well, what has been the most mind-blowing experience that you've had in the six years of your career? What has been the the thing where you were just like, oh my gosh, pinch me. I can't believe this is me doing this.
0: There are two different moments that come to mind. Um, The first natural one is, all these small moments when, you know, just when someone says that my music means something to them, these moments will always stand out. But um, then I, I released um, a a single called I Will Lead You Home um, for a cancer organization in Sweden uh, three years ago now, I think. And uh, all the profits went straight to the organization. And this single reached number two on the Swedish iTunes chart. Uh, which, wow. Yeah, and that that felt really, really amazing because, you know, I think as just an artist, you can kind of sometimes feel a bit useless in society. <laughs> it's <sighs> like I'm walking around with my guitar, and then there are people like this organization, and they are literally changing lives. And so it just felt really good to kind of get to do something good. <laughs> I love
1: that. What's your most recent project? What are you working on right now? And are you know what are you excited about?
0: Yeah, so um, just one month ago, last month, I released or published my second book, uh, called Another Vague Upon Lost Love, and that is a collection of travel essays and uh, journals that I wrote while I recorded my last album. Um, so that was exciting, and um, now I've taken some some time just kind of gathering my mind, and now I'm slowly starting to record some new music and write new music again. So, um, uh, yeah, I'm just trying to keep working.
1: Well, and you also do a great job of promoting yourself because, I mean, you reached out to me and I know you've been on the relaunch show, which I've also been on. And, you know, so you're utilizing the mediums that you have to get your word out, which is so great. You're obviously very knowledgeable in music marketing.
0: Yeah, I, I think that I, um I since I've always been independent, I realized really quickly that it's going to be really hard for me to reach like the major Print magazines or the radio or or these things. And but then I also thought, I in the core, I'm a music fan, and I'm lucky because it's our, it's easy for me to find my target audience because they are mostly like me. We we kind of like the same things. So I thought, where do I find music and where do I find new people that I look up to and find inspiration? And I find it through podcasts and through blogs and. No, on Tumblr or Twitter. That's where I find music and stuff that I read. So it just feels natural to me to kind of try to find my fans through these mediums too.
1: I love that because I don't know if you know, but I also have a music podcast called Women of Substance. Of course. And it's all music. And, you know, so I love to hear that people are actually out there looking for music in these places because, you know, I know I do it, but How many people are also doing that? And I and I see from the numbers that there are plenty of people doing it. Mm -hmm. But you know, people in my world, like just my family and friends, they have they have no idea what I do. Like they just don't get it. They don't know, you know, what a podcast is, how to access it. They've never heard of a Google Hangout. You know, they just like I talk to them and they are thinking I'm talking in another language.
0: Yeah. So
1: (laughs) it's nice to know that there is a group of people out there that are actually accessing this stuff in the places that I put it up.
0: Yeah, definitely. I think that's also a really important lesson that when you're doing this thing and especially when you're trying to build your tribe kind of online, the world is so big. And so it sometimes feels like I am the only one who is doing what I am doing. But if you just can't kind of you know, find this small little core group of people who are doing what you're doing and who understands your language and like the same stuff that you do, you're going to realize that your music and your books, even they have a place. And you just need to find the people
1: that will love these things. Yeah, I know. And so how do you find that the best way is to connect with your fans or make new fans online? Um, so I'm very active on social media.
0: Um, I talk to my fans daily on Twitter and Tumblr and Facebook. I like I think like everyone, I'm not a big fan on Facebook. I wish I wouldn't have to be there because they just you know like got the money out of you. But um, I think it's important to still be there. Um, and I still have a lot of people who only follow me through Facebook, so I I need to be there too. I do have a newsletter, um, a monthly newsletter that I'm sending out. Um, Instagram of course I'm just everywhere and I think also it's an important thing to be everywhere because what I have learned lately is that for me it feels like oh god I'm just repeating myself on all the social media platforms but I do realize that there are people who only hang on Facebook and there are people who only hang on Twitter. And I also have people who only follow me on my newsletter and nowhere else. So it's just important to go where the people are
1: and make it easy for everyone to kind of know what you're doing. Definitely. And I also know that you've built your fans through house concerts. Yes. And I would love to get, I'm actually just finished a training on house concerts for my female musician academy So I've been just doing a ton of research on house concerts. I'd love to hear about your booking process. You know, what kind of strategy do you have and, you know, how do you handle the money side of it? Do you do donations or ticketing? Yeah, house concerts,
0: they are amazing and I love it so much. I prefer it over normal venues so much. Um, I started with house concerts last year um, while I was doing my crowdfunding campaign because I I, I had never tried it out, but I had heard so many good things about it. So I just wanted to try it. So I said to everyone while this I was doing this crowdfunding campaign that if I do reach two hundred percent, I'm going to take my guitar and I'm gonna come and sing for each and every one of you who invites me to your house. Um, so that's how we started. And when I said that, I got almost over one hundred requests. Um, obviously, oh. I could yeah, obviously I couldn't go to everyone, but Um, I, after a lot of booking and planning, I created this little tour out through the UK and then through Europe. Um, I went to France and Prague and Germany and Sweden and everywhere. And um, yeah, it was beautiful. People opened up their living rooms. They invited their friends. um, And uh, yeah, I I do it as a donation-based kind of plan because I have noticed that that's when people are you know generous um if I go there for free and they are very aware that I pay with my own money from my own pocket for the ticket there and I ask them can I crash on your couch and you know they they know that I'm an independent artist and I tell my story um in between the songs so they are very aware of who I am and so at, by the end of the, the set, they know me and I know them and they want to help me. They want to keep supporting me. So they donate money and um, I can afford to keep doing it. And it's just beautiful. And you connect so much closer to the people that you play with when you do these things. And yeah,
1: it's, it's amazing, really. I'm glad to hear that because I totally agree with that. I agree. I think you should do it on a donation base because and you shouldn't say, you know, at all what it's worth. because what something is worth to one person is different to other people. Definitely. Yeah. You know, you don't know what someone's going to throw in there. It could be a hundred dollar bill. Exactly. And I also think that just make it as kind of
0: human as possible, because when you're playing a house concert like that, there will be kids sitting on the floor and there will also be older, uh, you know, normal parents sitting in the in the couch. And so the kids, they just feel like it's a fun thing and they go up there and they give you like one pound and they are so happy because they supported (laughs) me and then there's the parents who understand stuff and you know they want to support me more so don't i i would definitely say don't say a number because just make it fun for everyone to support you because that's the most important thing they make them feel like you know
1: they feel good when they get to support you and that's the most important thing and on that note can you tell us about the streams of income that you have how kind of what is your, your the makeup your, of your full-time income? Is it mostly from shows? Is it from CD sales? Is it from royalties? You know, any kind of licensing? Yeah, sure.
0: Um, so I would say, like every independent artist, I have a lot of different revenue streams. Um, I think I get around maybe 40% from my physical store, my online store. I'm selling... Um, t-shirts uh, physical cds my books uh, some posters and stuff uh, through a big cartel um, store and that's where where i get the the biggest monthly revenue um i get a tiny bit from like itunes and spotify um actually spotify i have it's interesting because i've seen that grow every single month my my income from spotify especially in some specific countries like sweden and germany um I, I get a lot from
1: from there actually. Um, then that's actually really good to hear because people you know some people are just so against the streaming platforms, but I think they're here to stay definitely.
0: And um I think also it's it's very important to understand the process behind it. So the people who usually do complain about Spotify and stuff um are the ones who have a lot of middle hands um so they don't get the money straight to them while if you are the songwriter, if you are the, publisher. And, you know, if you don't have a record label and stuff, you get the money straight to you. And then it, it's not a lot. And I, you know, I have my arguments, but it's better than nothing. And especially, I think, for independent artists, it's just such a good way to be discovered, you know, through these um, kind of recommended songs or
1: similar songs like kind of thing. Um,
0: so, yeah, I, I think it's great. Uh, so I get a little... And are bit are of- you
1: set up to get on Apple Music? Because I know there's kind of the same as Spotify.
0: Yeah, I'm not actually yet. Uh, I don't think that their uh, terms are fair yet. Um, mm. The I, I'm not sure when this is going to stream, but uh, Taylor Swift just released this amazing post that changed their whole uh, thing. Um, yeah, I saw that on the news last night. Yeah, it was such a good post. And uh, yeah, she just changed the, the whole terms for independent artists there. So maybe I'll reconsider now, but I'm I'm not going to jump on it straight away at least.
1: Right. Yeah. Well, other than your own books, do you have a book that you can recommend either for helping with music career or helping with songwriting or even maybe some kind of self-improvement kind of book?
0: Oh, there are so many. Um, let <laughs> me think. There is a book called Um The Artist's Way. And Oh, I remember that. Book. Yeah, the and author is blanking, blanking now. Um I can't, I can't remember the author right now, but maybe you can find it. In- I there. will.
1: I'll look it up and put
0: it in the show notes. Perfect. Yeah, it's just a, a beautiful book. Um, and it doesn't matter what kind of artist you are, if you're a writer or songwriter or actor or dancer, uh, it's just timeless advice. Um, I would recommend that for everyone. And also that I I read recently uh, called The Obstacle is the Way by Ryan Holiday. Um, it's, it's not about songwriting. It's a book about stoicism, about, Uh, this old philosophy, but it changed my whole perspective on the uncertainty you live with as an independent artist. And I just learned to kind of, I don't know, be more focused on what I'm trying to achieve and um, be more like not so worried and more calm in my path. Yes, I would recommend
1: that for everyone, really. That's a good one. I haven't heard anyone mention that. So but I have heard that title. So I definitely think that it's something that can be applied across the board definitely. to anybody that's trying to do something that's that's difficult or out of your comfort zone. Yeah, definitely it is. Well, thank you so much for being with us today. We are almost to the end of our time, but I want you to let them know where they can get in touch with you, where they can hear your music and all of your social media. Yeah, of
0: course. Uh, my website is theglasschildofficial.com and if you go there you can find all my music and all my links and you can also download a free ep um
1: on my website there so just go there and you'll find everything great well thank you so much charlotte and i love talking to people that are like all the way across the globe in sweden (laughs) how fun how fun it is that we can do that over skype yeah
0: it's amazing thank you so so much for having me and thank you for doing what you're doing you're amazing for so many
1: artists oh thank you so much Now go out and make great music, connect with your fans, and grow your business. Female Entrepreneur Musician has been brought to you by femusician.com and femalemusicianacademy.com. With editing by Jen Eads of 317 Sound Design and music by Stella Ronson.